Welcome back for another episode of Leader Generation, where marketing experts join us to explore digital and content marketing strategies that support sales teams and contribute to business growth. Our host today is Cheryl Beam, Director of Copywriting at Tenlo. Hello, and welcome to the Leader Generation podcast. In many of our episodes, we focus on the different ways that you can fill your sales pipeline with leads, but the show isn't just about lead generation. It's also about becoming better people and better leaders in our industry. And that's why I'm just so excited today to introduce our guest, Hannah Jakover. Not only is she really great at technical demand generation, and she has this proven track record of developing programs that really accelerate revenue, but she's also excels at leadership and team development, and we're really excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Great. So in our initial conversation, we talked about how you're a coach and how you really focus time and energy on mentoring women and especially women of color in the tech space. So can you tell us a little bit more about how you got your start and where that journey began? Yeah, absolutely. It began many, many years ago when I was honestly a kid because both of my parents are coaches. Both of my parents are executive coaches. And prior to that, they also ran a nonprofit organization that focused on elevating women that were in domestic violent situations. So their whole organization was about empowering those women and their children and giving them the resources that they need to survive and thrive with a hairy past that has really had an impact on them. So I think from watching them kind of develop and work that nonprofit and being involved in that as well, I was there in their office, helping out, hanging out with the families, doing whatever we could as a family to just be involved. So I think that had instilled in me just this level of both compassion, but also the drive to really ensure that we're providing people with the right resources and seeing the potential and and really understanding the situations that people can get into in many unfortunate ways and how we can help elevate them outside of that. So I think that that really formed a lot of different values in my life that kind of pushed me towards the direction of, wow, I love I love developing people. I love working with people. I love helping people. And of course, as that business kind of evolved, they actually moved into coaching. So both of my parents became, and they ran a business together for many years called Strategies for Success. Both of them were experts in organizational development and executive coaching and that stuck with me too. I've told the story of like sitting on their office floor, reading through all their workshop docs and trying to understand what they were doing. And I always thought what they did was really cool. And so from there, I think I really learned how to facilitate, how to communicate and how to be a facilitator and really just observe and that's hard to do because you always want to add your own input and like it it can be really difficult to just kind of take a step back and make it not about yourself. But I really learned that I was passionate about facilitating and leading people and guiding people and helping them to kind of see their own potential. 
so that's kind of my journey into my when I was younger sort of like why all of a sudden I'm like wow this is really what I'm what I'm loving doing and then as I got into my career early on I was so lucky to just have the most amazing mentors I worked for and have worked for throughout I worked for several different agencies and mostly women and women owned and not only that but like by amazing women who scooped me up and let me be part of their crew and really helped nurture me and gave that to me so throughout my career these women have been with me 100% of the way and even if we're kind of far far apart in our journeys I know that I can always call on them and vice versa. And we do, and we've also become really good friends. So I think that as I progressed in my career, I started to realize how uncommon that was and how lucky I was and that not every woman in tech actually had that experience. That was like shocking to me, which is really sad, right? Because I didn't know any better. That's what I had from the beginning of my career, which is fantastic, but I sort of was like, oh my God, it wasn't like this for you. And you don't have all this amazing network of women, these amazing mentors. I am so incredibly lucky to have that. So I think it just gave me a level of, and I always knew that it was special, but it gave me a level of, dang, that's some privilege right there. And you need to make sure that you also are giving that to other women because it is rare. And it is so important because it shaped my career in ways and not only my career, but who I am as a person and my confidence and just everything about, you know, my identity flows into that. So giving that back, it's not only important, it feels like very much a requirement for me that led me towards the management path in my career. And then I more recently have gone into thinking of freelancing and then also starting my own coaching business because it's just, I'm at a point in my life where, and we all, I think we all kind of are, especially given the backdrop of what's going on with COVID. And I mean, there's so many things, but I think it sort of was like, I need to figure out what my essential intent. That's a reference from a book, which I'll, I'll tell about later, but I need to figure out what my essential intent here is like, what the heck am I doing in life? And I felt like a cog right in a machine. And I saw this impact that I was making, but I didn't feel fully fulfilled by that. And when I am in the position of coaching or mentoring or simply being a good manager to somebody and watching their career progress and watching them blossom into this amazing person, that's when I feel best. And so I'm betting on that and I'm betting on myself and I want to make sure that I'm available to then give those resources to other people. Wow, that's fantastic. And it's great that you've had so many great mentors in your life from the time you were a child. Mm. And like you mentioned, you had a lot of strong female leaders in your life and not all of us have that. And so because of that, a common challenge a lot of women and even female leaders face is this idea of imposter syndrome, where they have a lot of self-doubt and they don't really believe in their abilities or they feel like a fraud. Mm -hmm. So what are some events or triggers that can cause some of these feelings for women that 
maybe their contribution isn't valued or as important as maybe their male counterparts in the workplace? I think, well, first off, what I'll say is I have a gripe with the term imposter syndrome. I hate it so much because I don't, it doesn't exist. There's nothing wrong with you. You are not an imposter and there is nothing wrong with you. You are moving through life the way that you're supposed to move through life and you're learning and growing. And that as a result has given you this sense of fear and fear of judgment. And that's what's driving that. So it's not you have this syndrome that is like going on. You have fear and you're learning to overcome that fear. And some of us don't understand how to to overcome that fear. And that's when it becomes overwhelming to where, as people would call it, imposter syndrome. So that's kind of my view on imposter syndrome, because I think that fear is the driver of it. It holds us back. Right. And in all things and fear of judgment in particular. And I think that women historically have this built in fear of judgment that that directly correlates with women's rights and where we have been as a society, as it relates to women and men and equality. So I think that that is inside of us. And I could say something very similar about being black, right? Like we have this shared experience that goes back and is very much constructed by the way that our society was built and it was working it's working how it's supposed to right we're, we're just kind of going along with it so when we sort of put our feet down and we're like what the heck this isn't this doesn't feel right it's hard because we're going against the grain we're going against what has what we've told is expected of us so I do think it's really difficult to get into situations where you want to overcome that but you don't and that's a good how. place for a break we'll be back in a minute The global pandemic has changed marketing and sales as we know it. To plan and prepare for what's next, sign up for a one-hour remote digital readiness session with Tenlo. We'll talk about opportunities to align your digital marketing tactics to your business goals. Plus, you'll receive a digital readiness playbook with immediate next steps to execute measurable digital marketing tactics to drive growth. For more info and to sign up, go to Tenlo.com. And now back to our show. Or you kind of catch yourself doing things, but you don't know how to stop. So I think it's really about identifying what those things are that make you feel fear. And most, again, most of the time, it's going to be that fear of judgment of, gosh, I don't, I'm worried about if I say this thing, what are the, what's the reaction going to be? Or if I ask for the money that I want, what, how are they going to think about me? And that's like a lot of the time that's just made up in your head. And I learned that a really good trick of, for me, a mental hack is when I start thinking about those things and start making all these assumptions, I usually just tell myself, who told you that, who said, who told you that was going to happen? Who told you that that's the way that they're going to react? And I'm (laughs) sit there myself, I told myself that, and I'm in control of what I tell myself. So let's change that. So recognizing when you feel that way, when the trigger happens and you start feeling that way, like, I think it's really about reframing, taking a minute to sit with it and reframe it. Because if we don't do that, we think it's our fault. We think it's Mm -hmm. our fault that we're in this situation when it's not, it's just the way that society has been built and has been ran for many, 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 many years. 
So that's one of the mental hacks that I use. And that also helps with recognizing the trigger of, oh, I feel this certain way. What made me feel that way? So thinking, okay, I'm recognizing this feeling and then tying it back to what is the one thing that made me feel that way? And it could be so many things. It could be a word. It could be how somebody shows themselves. It could be so many, so many things. We know there's a lot of double standards as well when it comes to women in the workplace. So I'll pause in case (laughs) any of that. (laughs) That is such a great hack. I love that. And I am definitely going to try that myself because like you said, so much of it is based on fear and that internal feel and the feelings that we have control over. So I'm definitely going to try that hack out. But what advice would you give to women who are struggling with external factors? So let's say there is some outright like bias or exclusion or being marginalized in the workplace. You know, those things are external factors, not based on on fear or feelings. Like what advice would you give to someone who's facing that situation? First of all, I would say document everything, put it somewhere where you can look back on it and just as it happens, document it because we do this thing where when something happens to us and we don't like it, we either like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to block it out. I'm going to run away from it. And if you just take a minute to document it, so you have it, you don't have to look at it then, but you have it later. So you can go back and actually see what happened in that situation. So try to document it with as much detail as possible because our brain changes the way that we think about a situation that happened. So have it documented so you can keep a record of all of the times that these things are happening. Again, that's also going to help identify these triggers. And then I would say have a trusted ally that you can have these conversations with and share some of your documentation and ask for advice. And that might be a woman that has gone through something similar, a mentor, could be HR, although I'll, I'll, I'll argue that HR is not there to serve you, they're there to serve the company. That's um, a good point. <laughs> and, yeah. So have, have the trusted ally. And then if you can have somebody that can advocate for you and with you versus you just feeling alone, like you have to deal with the situation. If you allow yourself to just talk about it in a way that doesn't bring up that fear of getting in trouble or getting somebody fired, right? Like we have to find the right people that we know will advocate for us and will understand the situation. And then I would also say, identify your superpower, Because I think that that's a really great way for us to get past our fear of doing something. And when you have that superpower identified, you can really figure out how to use it in a way that benefits not only you, but others as well. So I think having that superpower, it, first of all, it just gives you confidence. Like I have a superpower that's badass and you know what it is, right? Like, so Mm -hmm. learn, learn what it is and Also learn like, what do other people think your superpower is? Because it could be something totally different than what you think it is. And then have that statement of your superpower so you can really own it and you can really live it. And that is going to help you have the confidence to address these situations and do it in a way that you're good at because your superpower is going to help you. If you use your superpower, you're going to be able to communicate something or you're going to be able to do something in the best way that will have an impact. So I have to ask, what is your superpower? 
<laughs> I knew you're gonna ask that. Um, so my superpower is I I'm really good at motivating people and not for my own benefit, but motivating people to to do the thing that they're meant to do. So part of that is helping them identify their superpower and helping them see what they could be, see what their potential is and how they could contribute to a problem and then motivate, kind of mobilizing and motivating towards action. So that is what I consider to be my superpower. I also have a superpower around communication and being able to articulate in an authentic way and with many different types of, of people. And so, yeah, those are like my top two superpowers. <laughs> those are great. So earlier you had mentioned that if someone is having a challenge in the workplace, how connecting with another female or someone they respect just to talk through the situation is important. If there's someone who doesn't feel like they have that connection are there any other support systems out there that someone can go to? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many, and I will take the opportunity to plug uh, Women in Revenue. I'm on the board for Women in Revenue. It's an amazing organization, and we are all about equity in the workplace and empowering each other and helping to develop each other's skills and also having some fun while doing it. So Women in Revenue is a place where you could do exactly that. You don't know anybody, right? And you say, oh, I really need to ask this question. You can come to our community and ask it anonymously or not and connect with some of the most badass women in technology today in, in revenue. And everybody is willing to share because we all want each other to win. And even if it's like, hey, I need some good vibes. I need some support. I need some words of wisdom or encouragement then that's what you'll get. Anything from, I need advice on how to do this exact thing. I need a structure. I need process. Can you share docs with me? To more anecdotally, like, how did you approach this? What do you think I should do? So it's, it's kind of a spectrum of what you'll get there, but you will always find something that you need from the community. I also really like, I've been on Fairy God. I think it's Fairy God Boss before and that that is a fun that is a fun place I haven't spent too much time there but it is one of those places where you can go where people have had these experiences 100% and you can again connect with those individuals and they'll give you advice and help you through that situation so you don't have to do it alone you just have to get the courage to join a slack group and you know you don't even have to leave your house <laughs> well and I imagine coaching and finding a great coach is another way um, or another support system to like help you through challenges. So what are some signs or signals that maybe it is time for someone to seek out the help and support of a coach? One thing I'll say about my view on coaching, especially as it relates to tech is I think that there is a big gap today. I think that there is a very big gap in looking at really critical mid-level managers, director level people who are, oh my gosh, their plates are so full. I've been in these yeah. roles and I've worked with people in these roles and I've worked with people that are executives as well. And I've worked with people that are on their team. So I've really seen that full spectrum of these roles and what's weighing them down. And I think that we spend 
a lot of time on executive and leadership coaching. Mm -hmm. We need it. That's great. We really should. However, we miss the mark in this middle area. We completely abandon these people and we say, manage up, manage up, learn how to make your boss's life easier, which is essentially saying, if they have bad habits, you have to work around them. Mm-hmm. They're not a good manager. That's your problem because then you just have to be better. And I don't think we spend enough time or resources. And this is a call to action for organizations, because if you're providing that level of coaching for your executives, you need to provide it for your mid-level and directors as well, because who's going to be in that seat in a few years? And why wouldn't we start developing them sooner? So Mm -hmm. when we get into these executive positions, we're not having to lean on executive coaches to fix problems. We're developing people and we can focus on that versus fixing all these bad habits. So that's one thing I'll say, but in terms of things that might lead you towards wanting to have a coach. I mean, there's so many different types of coaching. So I think like there's, you can look at it through that lens where you could say, well, am I wanting to go through a career transition? Because then you might want a career coach. Am I wanting to develop these certain set of skills so I can get into this promotion or this level? And that would be a certain type of coach as well or there is executive coaching or even looking at group coaching as well. So team development. So I think it kind of depends on what your goal is, but yes, there's lots of different types. And then I think for me, like one thing that, or a couple of different things that I hear that usually indicates, okay, I think that they could really, really benefit from this is first of all, if they've had band managers, if you have, if you've had band managers, you're not getting what you need. You're really not. And you don't know it. And so I think most often than not, like you almost don't know when you're in that situation because you don't know any better if you've never had a really awesome manager. So you have to rely on the feedback of others of what you're doing and then make that connection of, well, I was never taught to do that. I was never given these skills. I was never given this information that I should be doing these things as a manager. So when you start to con- connect the feedback to, well, wait, how would I know to do that? I think that that's a good indication of, I could use some help here in developing these skills or being better in these areas. And I also think if you get consistent feedback, if you have consistent feedback from team members or people in your network, and you are doing everything you can to change and implement their feedback, but it's not working. That's definitely an opportunity to, I think, talk to a coach and see how you can hone in on what they're trying to communicate to you and and make a plan to develop yourself in that area. And yeah, I think there is all obviously um, executive leadership and coaching is is super important because as leaders, we need to guide our people. We need to be there for our people and anybody who is a leader at a company, even just that being like, are you a leader at a company? Yes, you should have coaching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's a great way of, of putting it and boiling that down. So, well, you know what? You've given us so many tips and hacks and things to think about. Like I need to think about what my superpower is. I'm sure there's quite a few listeners that are thinking about that too. And we're so happy that you joined us today. If listeners want to reach out or learn more about your coaching services, where can they get in touch with you? 
LinkedIn is always the easiest place. Send me a message, connect with me there. I'm usually sharing lots of content. I, you can always email me at Hana at hypehouseconsulting.com. I also have Twitter. On Twitter, I'm a little more ranty and I talk more about Web3 and NFTs, but I'm at not not Hana on Twitter. <laughs> well, that's great. And we'll make sure that we link to those different ways to reach you on our page. And again, thank you for joining us and for all of our listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode of Tenlo Radio. We have a lot more exciting guests coming up on the Leader Generation podcast, and we look forward to you tuning in again. Thank you again, Hannah. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of Leader Generation by Tenlo Radio. Be sure to subscribe on tenloradio.com.